welcome to the fourth episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, the podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. I'm Samantha Blackman, uh, one of your co-hosts, um, and uh, I am joined tonight by my two other co-hosts um, who will introduce themselves because clearly I'm not meant to introduce myself this evening as I just kind of totally skipped over that. <laughs> Take it away, Alex. <laughs> Since you took my usual MO, I guess I actually will introduce myself this week. I am Alex Lane, I'm a PhD student in rhetoric and composition at... Purdue. I almost forgot. Um, <laughs> and my aspiration is to one day teach a one-one load. <laughs> so if anybody knows any jobs out there, give me a shout out. Awesome. Well, I am Sarah White, and I teach uh, creative writing and composition up at Purdue North Central. And I unfortunately teach a five-five load. And I would also like a one-one load if anybody knows if there's any jobs out there. So, Samantha, what do you know? Yeah, I know nothing. Well, I do know a couple of things, and that's you know from our normal, from our normal spiel of what you've been playing. I know what I've been playing this week. Well, what uh, you been playing? What have I been playing? It's been a puzzle kind of week for me. Mm. Um, I've been playing lots of puzzle type games this week. Um, on Xbox Live Arcade, I've been playing Stacking. I don't know if anybody's seen this, but it's the very it's the very interesting. Um, puzzle game involving the little uh, Russian stacking dolls. Yep, I have watched that trailer. <laughs> it's very cool, where um, you are the tiniest of dolls, um, who is the uh, basically the runt of the family, um, of a family whose father and elder brothers and sisters have all gone off to, to uh, work for the evil corporation, um, as basically strike breakers. Um, and then once the strike is over, the runt of the family, um, the little, the littlest doll, he's very cute, has to run off and, uh, and f find his, his brothers and sisters to tell them that the strike is over and that they may all come home. Um, now the puzzling part comes in where, um, different dolls, uh, have the ability, have different abilities. Um, so one may have the ability to move people out of the way. Um, another may have the ability to seduce people. Yes, that is actually one. Um, and you, being the littlest doll, can actually stack inside of larger dolls. So you um, kind of inhabit the bodies of these other dolls in order to take on their characteristics and solve specific puzzles in the game. Um, while it's very interesting in concept, I think it's, 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 it's actually a very interesting game. My, my one complaint, uh, thus far has been when the, when the, the Russian stacking dolls are walking, they wobble a lot and the, the camera is not the steadiest thing when the, when you're playing the game. And one of my biggest problems has always been with, with, poor camera angles and, and poor and poor shooting and like unsteady frames so that I get motion sick. Mm, so yeah. I can't play for very long. So I have to play in like 15 minute, half hour intervals. Otherwise I start getting nauseous and I want to toss my cookies all over the place. Mm, so mm -hmm. that's my, been my one complaint. 
Um, and interestingly enough, I just saw this week that there is also going to be DLC so <laughs> for this game. So once you're done, you'll be able to download, I guess, new new puzzles, new adventures um, for the game itself. But as I said, as long as if as long as you're not one of those people like me who gets car sick or motion sick very very easily, I can't I can't read or play games in the car either because both of those mm-hmm. things make me motion sick. Um, Give it a try. I mean, the, the, of course, there's a demo. Um, doesn't cost anything to play the demo. Um, it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, I wish I could play longer. Well, that's what I've been playing on XBLA. Sam, do you think it's kind of creepy to, like, go inside other people? Because that sounds kind of weird to me. You know, it is weird. It is pretty weird. But, like, way back in the 90s, I played this game called Messiah. I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody's old. I'm old. I've been playing games for a long time. Like, I think it was, like, actually back in, like, 19... 19- God, I wish I remember what year it was. It was in the early 90s, if not 1990 itself, where you played this little cherub and you actually possessed other people to to solve to solve to solve puzzles. It's kind of a puzzler adventure game, um, much like this, but you didn't actually you didn't actually see yourself jumping into the empty bodies of these other of these other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of the same. It's same now. It was kind of the same concept. Now, if it had been like real bodies, then I might have thought it was a little grosser than just like the empty Russian nesting dolls. Sure. Because he's like, oh yeah, they're just empty and wooden on the inside, just like regular <laughs> nesting dolls. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, it was it was weird. But like I said, I played a game like this before, so it wasn't, you know, probably as weird as it would have been if I hadn't. You're playing Ghost Trick too right now, aren't you? Yes, I'm also playing Ghost Trick on the DS, which is another interesting puzzle-based game um, where you have to, once again, you're in, you're not embodying people, but in this one, you're embodying inanimate objects. Um, so I don't know if you're embodying, but possessing weird inanimate mm-hmm. objects um, because you're dead. <clears throat> you start the game dead, and I think we've talked about this a little bit in, in a previous in a previous podcast. Um, and you take over these different inanimate objects to, to save people, um, from, from death in many cases. Um, and this one's pretty interesting because one of the things that I've started to notice as I play this game more and more, uh, and it is the, it is, it is the game that's on the DS that's in my, that's in my, um, iPad bag that I carry with me. So I am playing this in shorter bursts than I normally would. Um, I have another DS that I like keep at home for just like playing when I'm sitting on the couch or doing other things. So I play games on that for longer periods of time. Um, so I haven't gotten very far in and I think I'm about three chapters in, um, to ghost trick. And the thing that I've noticed so far is that all the, all the people that I have saved have either been, um, well, have for the most part been women. Um, and I'm yeah. at a stage now where um, I think that there's someone else that I'm going to have to save. And I think it's an effeminate man. Um, oh. So I think that's who I'm going to have to save next, which is pretty interesting. Okay. <clears throat> These are, this is who I've had saved so far. But yeah, like I'm like three chapters into that one. Um, so it's been a puzzly kind of week for me. And I, I downloaded last night, um, but didn't get to play today. Um, Beyond Good and Evil HD. That's right. Yeah. On the Xbox Live Arcade, I'm looking forward to that in a big way. Oh yeah, that's gonna <laughs> be so great. So that's what I've been doing. What about you guys? What you playing this week? 
graduate student lane. Do you want to? <laughs> can't call you doctor yet. That's right. Uh, I've been really lame these last two weeks. Um, here's I'm in, I'm embarrassed to say it. Actually, what I have been playing is The Sims. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, I felt like. Um, I felt like playing something that totally was as unproductive as it could possibly be. So I, so I played, I played a lot of the Sims. I didn't even get like a new expansion pack or anything. I've just been, uh, rocking that out. Oh, actually, nope. I take that back. I started playing a new Facebook game called it girl. Oh yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm working on a post right now about that. So that will be coming up shortly, hopefully. Um, and It Girl is one of the craziest games I have ever played. You're this, you start and you're a girl. You can't be a boy. You can only be a girl. And um, you... That's the name, It Girl. Right. And you start in a, like in a store. And you <laughs> buy, you can like check out different racks, like the different racks to see what what's there and then after like nine hours the racks refresh and you can get some a new item from there or something like that so you buy items and um then you go you you, and each item has a hotness level a hotness score and you put on the clothes and like some are hot for beach parties but not hot for black tie parties so you have to pay attention to that and then you dress up as hot as you can and then you go to a party and you have a showdown it's called with um with another girl and whoever's hotter wins the showdown and you, and, and you win confidence. And the, like, if you had a showdown with someone and they lose, they lose their confidence. And then that takes a long time to build back up. If you lose, lose all your confidence, you have to wait till that rebuilds. So that is just rife with <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> things to talk about. Yeah. It's uh, a migraine just thinking about it. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I'm probably even describing it mildly. It's every bit as offensive as you could possibly imagine a game could be. Oh yeah. It's, it's just, it's un, it's unbelievable. So I've been struggling a lot with, uh, as my blog post will show, I've been struggling a lot with going between, um, if I'm going to argue that violence, violent games don't cause people to be violent, which I do, I would argue that, um, then what do I do with a game like this that, is like explicitly sexist how you know so i've been kind of like thinking about that theoretically like how that that can work so hopefully my 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 next blog post will illuminate that some more but that's what i've been playing Mm. i forgot i've been playing big girl with alex she sucked me into that madness well i needed more people in my clique otherwise i couldn't get a boyfriend oh my god Seriously, you need one my person in your click to get a boyfriend. Yep. Oh, I'm, my head might explode. Um, I guess I, well, it's fascinating that um, you guys, I was going to say, I wonder what kind of person is drawn to the play of it. It must be adolescent girls, although here I'm talking to two adult academic scholars who are playing it. Well, we're playing it ironically, I imagine. <laughs> I guess I can't speak for Sam, but. Yeah, oh, yeah that, that, I'm all about the it girl on a real level, really. <laughs> Really, like the only reason I'm playing it is, is ironically. So, yeah, no, no, I figured that. But, well, I mean, if you're lame, I must be lamer because uh, I'm really been representing kind of the casual gamer um, set. And uh, I was playing addictinggames.com, <laughs> the little flash games with the penguin. You had to save them from the little ice chunks. 
it's like you have to use math skills or you know ge- geometry and stuff like that. Anyway, it's very fun and it, they are truly addicting. And uh, um, there's also one where you have to locate the 50 states. They have just like a blank United States and you have to put the states in and it will time you and also give you like how wrong you were and deduct points. Um, <laughs> I guess as an American, I feel like some sort of weight to prove that I know, you know, where the states belong and that I can, in fact, understand a map. Um, You're not like Miss South Carolina talking about maps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Somewhere in Texas. And um, back and Okay, sorry. No, I, and it, 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 it really is addicting, too, because you just really, it's educational, and, and you really want to do your best. And then, um, uh, oh, uh, I was playing the education games that you can find through NobelPrize.org. Right. Uh, obviously, for my class, this is, you know, as we, were, we were talking about that stuff. And Can you and, win the mosquito game? I, I cannot win the mosquito game, but the one that I was really becoming strangely enthralled with last night was the blood typing game. Hmm. And you have these three patients that are, you know, they have the little guy, the ambulance guy, go get them. And they're, they're like these creepy looking, scary, you know, like three patients. And they have them on their gurneys. And then you decide which one you're going to take in. And then you have to actually draw the blood from their arm. And then you put it in these three vials. There's the A, there's the B, and the RH. And then they change. And I guess if you play it enough, you'll understand what those changes actually mean. I kind of guessed a few times and almost killed some patients. But um, this is why I'm not in nursing. Um but it was, I don't know, I was very fascinating. And then I, of course, I used O, you know, O negative because it was universal, you know. And mm-hmm. Anyway, each one of my patients generally left the hospital alive. And um, I, I guess I was really getting into the whole edu, edu, edutainment, is that what it is, mm-hmm. um, with, the, with the gaming and education. And then, I, of course, I was kind of dinking around with Second Life, which I don't know if I'd call that gaming per se, but we were, I, I, I was kind of poking around in there and checking out different islands and interacting with people. So that was Are you fine. into Second Life? Is that something you play regularly? No. <laughs> no, it, it's it's pretty bad. But I, I was just sort of in there playing around. Like, you can go to, like, I went to my undergraduate college. Bowling Green State University has, you know, thing. Purdue has an island. So the main campus has an island. You can go down there and you can actually visit the web page through your avatar. That's you know, weird. it's... Mm-hmm. It is so weird, um, the pilings on and the different layers that it's doing. But no, I and I don't know. I I thought the second life was on the kind of decline, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's not. But I've heard that. I, I mean, I think the people that are really into it are remaining into it. But I don't know if they're drawing a bunch of new. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of un- just anecdotal. I don't really know. Yeah, I me mean, either. I guess mine's anecdotal as well. But I I don't think. I guess, again, anecdotally, but that it it ever became to the ranks and the heights that they thought it would for distance learning. Oh, yeah. Uh, But um, anyway, that's what I've been playing. Nothing too exciting. Uh Well, no, it's all exciting. We play things for fun, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, next up is what you've been reading. Um, I know this... this, uh, I've actually been reading something that's remotely game related or definitely game related. Um, this week I picked up a copy of, or finally came from Amazon. I guess we don't really pick up many copies anymore. I think the, the number of times I actually go into a physical bookstore these days are getting yeah. fewer and fewer. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I, uh, picked up a copy of, um, Reality's Broken by Jane McGonigal. Oh yeah. Um, which has been a lot of fun. 
Um, it, it's a pretty interesting book. I'm not too far in because I haven't had a whole lot of time to, to, to do reading because, you know, life's been getting in the way. <laughs> to say the very least. That's right. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's a pretty interesting read. I mean, it, it's, it's the same kind of stuff that we've seen online in, 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 in Jay McGonigal's uh, TED Talk where she talks mm-hmm. about, you know, how we can use games. Um, and she's talking about ARGs um, to kind of solve the world's problems. Um and so far, the first couple of chapters are, are really interesting, but in many ways, I think I'm wondering if it's for a different audience. Because, like I said, I've only read the first couple of chapters, and I guess I'll see when we get further in, because it's kind of like she's preaching to the converted. She's telling, sure. you know, she's telling us about how, you know, how gamers, how gamers operate, how they feel, why they game, giving us numbers, talking about specific elements of games. Um, and then talking about play and games in 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 a non entertainment sense, um, mm-hmm. but you know most of us who you know do games, um, we've you know we've talked about you know what it is to be a game. We've talked about game in the in the philosophical sense. We've, ta- we've talked about Huizinga and talked about Plato and what they say, you know, what they say the purpose of games and play is. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's like, okay, I know this stuff already, right? Get to the, get to what I'm supposed to, you know, learn. Not that it's not, it's a great book so far, but I'm wondering if, if I'm really the audience for it at this point. I felt the same way about her um, TED Talks. I'm like, Sure. Like we've been thinking this, you know, for like in computers and composition scholarship has been talking about like that type of stuff for 15 years. And um, I just I'm like, OK, so let's get let's be specific then. What yeah. can we do to save the world? Yeah, you know? I feel that way, too. I went, ideas, but. I, when I saw her on Colbert, even and, yeah. and I've read a couple other articles, she's pretty much just sort of repeating herself nonstop. I mean, she doesn't almost the same exact statistics almost every time you see her, you know, yeah. which is fine. I mean, she's, she's trying to, she's combating a, a huge stigma that the culture still somehow clings to, but, exactly. um, yeah. but yeah, no, but that even goes to show that we're probably not the audience. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's really the case here, but we'll see. I'm, you know, I, like I said, it's an enjoyable read. Even if it's like, even if it's like talking to a friend who who works in the business, and you guys are just talking over coffee, you know what I mean? And you're saying the, it's like, oh yeah, we're, you know, these are the numbers, and I mean, it's like when we're talking about numbers, we we mm-hmm. all know what's going on, but we're still having a conversation about it. It's a fun conversation, you know. It's not a twenty five dollar conversation, but <laughs> it's where it needs to start, at least, you know. <laughs> oh. Well, that's yeah. what I'm I'm reading that's game-related this week. What about you guys? Anything? Do I go next? Um, I haven't... Mine's sort of game-related. Can I talk about it anyway? Is that sure. okay? So I've been reading and watching, mostly watching videos, on data visualization. I am uh-huh. so jacked about data visualization. I can't even stand it. Uh-huh. Um, what I'm fascinated with is this is the way that you can make an argument through a picture, through a visualization, and make it seem like nothing but fact. So, like, uh, I've been watching a few of the different TED Talks um, about this, and they show these statistics, like the U.S. budget of um, 
uh, that they spend on military is like 10 times bigger than any country or something like that. Right. Um, so if you put the, if you do the data visualization that way, like it looks awful. It looks like we spend so much money on, on our military. But then if you look at the GDP of the countries versus the military, we're tiny. Like we barely spend any of our GDP comparatively on the military. And so we're passed up by these tiny countries all over that spend, you know, half their GDP on the military as opposed to that. So it's sort of like, it's sort of like uncovering and manipulating and, and all of these interesting things that just sort of get put out there as fact, you know, cause you just, you just look at an image and it makes an argument, you know, you can pick apart an article, but you can't, I mean, it's more difficult to think about images being really persuasive. So I've been having a ton of fun with that. I like it cause I visual rhetoric, um, you can only do so much with the stuff that's been done so far. I think, um, you can only go so far with it. So I think the data visualization is really opening up some new, um, chapters for procedural rhetoric and data visualization and, yeah. or not data visualization, um, visual rhetoric and stuff. So that's what I've been doing. Wow. That's really fascinating. I think you're right. If you tried to visually represent that, it's harder to, you know, dispute it. Right. Um, well, I finished up reading my little book, uh, women in gaming and it ended, actually ended quite interestingly in comparing, they had this, 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 they have this idea of passionate affinity groups mm-hmm. and that groups that of course are formed around a common interest tend to um, be stronger than things that divide the group. You know, you could be different ages, you could be different races, you could be different genders, but you can all come behind your your common interest. Um, and then the, what they did is they went through and almost point by point talked about how schools, where they're not actually helping with education, like students end up being mostly consumers, not producers, and games actually encourage you to be both. Passionate affinity groups will encourage you to be both. Um just it was really kind of an interesting point to point to say where the schools are a little bit static as opposed to like you know it, so they were trying to reimagine the classroom in pretty radical ways I think um, so I I do recommend that book and then I've started reading First Person which is a few years older but um, mm-hmm. uh, First Person has a couple articles that will go up against each other like a back and a forth you know um, I really like the way they organize that. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So we're reading that for uh, for my class. I'm kind of cheating. And then, and then recently I've just been going and reading like news about video games. And mm-hmm. like I said, um, uh, I saw the article that uh, that mentioned um, that violence is an inherent part of gameplay. Um, uh, there's a couple other interesting articles. Of course, I can't think of them right now. But um, it's, there's a lot in the news that's going on. Um, oh, I read the article about the Smithsonian. I'm going to start. They're going to have an exhibit about video games as art. And I guess this is sort of a new, yeah, you can actually go to the Smithsonian website and vote on which video games throughout the decades um, that you feel deserve a place in this exhibit. And a lot of video game designers, video game players saw this as a, as a, a real validation of what they've known for a long time, uh, is that uh, video games deserve their place among the arts. They're not just, you know, play things. So that's what I was reading anyway. Cool. That sounds awesome. I didn't know about that Smithsonian thing. I'm going to check that yeah, out. That's great. Totally, yeah, totally. Because yeah, you can vote. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that they were going to start voting. I mean, they started talking about that uh, exhibit a couple years back. But um, I think, who was it last year? 
Time flies when you're having fun. Um, but I think it's I think it's really interesting that, you know, yeah. now you get to vote on what should be there because I'm pretty sure all the things that I think should be in, in somebody's Smithsonian Museum uh, won't be there. Uh, or some of them may be. But well, I just hope it starts with Pong. That's sort of... It'll always start with Pong. Well, yeah, and I think Pac-Man was actually one of them, believe it or not. So. That's right. You can't go wrong. I went the to the, the small exhibit when it was um, at the museum in uh, Chicago. They had a they had the Game On exhibit in Chicago, which was actually really cool. It was a hands-on exhibit, though, which mm-hmm. was very cool because you got to play all the old games. Um, that was a whole lot of fun. I'm pretty yeah. sure the Smithsonian one won't be hands-on. I can understand why, but, you know, it would make me more well, likely to go. Well, in honesty, it made me think of your um, blogs, Samantha, because you're talking about digital humanities as opposed to the other areas of academic research disciplines, you know, how that stacks up against it. And I thought, well, this is starting to kind of give that weight, you know, this yeah. is valid study, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if there's an exhibit at the Smithsonian, how can you say what I do is not valid? <laughs> exactly. You know. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's um, talk quickly. I want to, I guess, about some news um, items. And then interestingly enough, we've got, uh, we've got our first, um, hopefully, <laughs> our first um, kind of, it's not exactly a voicemail, but our first call in um, for someone who wants to talk about something we're going to talk about during the news segment, I suppose. Um, the news, I think, is, there was a. Of course, there's tons of news this this week. There's all kinds of announcements because GDC is going on, um, and I'm sure we've all read tons of that stuff online. But I, I think um, some of the interesting stuff that I've picked up that that I definitely wanted to kind of throw out there, and we've talked about the 3DS like a million times, and whether or not I'm going to get one when it comes out later this month. <laughs> um, and I this didn't sell me at all. Because, you know, I get this on my phone. Um, but the 3DS is also going to have Netflix streaming. Mm. And Nintendo has made and uh, made some kind of pack with the devil, also known as AT&T, so that you'll get free wireless <laughs> at all AT&T hotspots <laughs> if you have a 3DS, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, but like I said, I, I've already made that pack with the devil um, through my iPhone or in my iPod Touch, so I get free Netflix and <laughs> Um, oh, because you know, I made the pack. I guess part of that pack was, you know, that I made was um, Starbucks, because that's about the only place I go that usually has an AT and T is a AT and T wireless hotspot, and I get you know free wireless at, at Starbucks as well. Um, but that was, you know, that's kind of I guess another kind of selling point they're pushing to get more people to buy this 3DS, um, especially since the launch games that they've got listed absolutely suck. Um, they're trying everything <laughs> they can at this point. <laughs> um, so that was one of my news items. Um, and I'll just throw um, eh, one more out there, maybe. Um, one of the things I thought it was interesting, I think it was last week we talked about the PopCap Games mm-hmm. um, sponsored, uh, not last week, but last podcast, um, sponsored survey and um, survey study <laughs> out of East Carolina about um, casual games alleviating some of the symptoms of depression. Well, PopCap Games is clearly throwing around money, like you know, yeah, you know they're they're uh, they're, they're should we say they're making it rain in academic circles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they've done this survey um, with Information Solutions Group um, is the the sur- the group that's, that that did the survey. 
Um, and what their findings are suggesting that one third of adults in the U.S. and the and the United Kingdom identify themselves as mobile phone gamers. Mm. Um, and that the survey also found that among mobile phone gamers, the mobile phone is now the primary gaming device of choice, surpassing both consoles and personal computers in less than two years. Um, wow. Which is pretty interesting. Wild. That's staggering, I mean, yeah. That is pretty staggering, I mean, isn't it? If you think about it, I mean, I, I know I see folks all the time, like at coffee shops and um, in line at the grocery store who are like playing words words with friends mm-hmm. or everybody's favorite angry birds that's right <clears throat> or the new the new hot bird game for your mobile phone which is tiny wings i saw that uh-huh if you okay so i bought the i, I drank the kool-aid and i bought it i've also <laughs> been playing a lot of tiny wings this week it's not to me it's not as fun as angry birds because angry birds it really asks you to think that's right. Um, it, it asks you to think, right? It uses a lot of geometry that you should that you should have learned when you were a kid, right? It's like if I hit <laughs> this at this angle, this is going to fall and this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tiny wings just ask you to put your finger on the screen when you want the when you want the bird to get heavy, and you take your finger off when you want them to get light, like fly. So you know, it, it is physics based in that. Um, you can speed him up when he's going downhill, and if you take your finger off, he speed uh, he'll speed up again and go uphill because he's lighter. So, but it's not nearly to me as fun as Angry Birds. I was mad. It was only ninety nine cents, so I wasn't too terribly oh. mad. But I want my dollar back. And, if uh, if I uh, if if I had one wish besides uh, and I couldn't do anything like humanitarian with it, uh-huh. I would wish to go back in time to before I played Angry Birds so I could experience it again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Angry Birds was pretty awesome. It was it was really fun. Yeah. Well, that's all my news, I guess. Okay. We'll go into we talk- the other bit Should of news we- later. What's that? I said yeah. we'll go into that other bit of news too. Okay. <laughs> Should we go to our new segment ish thing? Anybody else got more news? Or is it- oh, I can read some of this. Um, <laughs> the uh, GDC is happening right now, right? Right. And um, I found the interview with the guy who uh, created Pac-Man very interesting. Look, I'm, I'm, I won't uh, editorialize too much. I'm just going to read a couple quotes. So I was really excited when I read this. Uh, the thought process that came out of this idea, however, is... Oh, let's see. Nope, that's the wrong quote. Anyway, he says he made Pac-Man for women. And I was like, holy shit, oops, holy crap. One of the first games that was a huge game that's still a staple of gaming is made for women. Like that was that was huge. And then um, he says the following: I thought about something that may attract girls, maybe stories about boys or something to do with fashion. This is what the um, nice. creator is saying, and he goes on to say, "Quote: However, girls love to eat desserts." And my wife often eats desserts. <laughs> the b- yeah. verb eat, that gave me a hint to create this game. I made yeah. the design very cute because some furious faces or expressions, girls probably don't like that. Nice. He said, even, so even the ghosts, they look cute, such as Tom and Jerry relationship in the cartoons. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I went from very, very excited to very, very disappointed. It's crazy story to learn that, but I think it's interesting too because of its mass appeal. 
um, when you think about the history of games and how they became really out of military, military is really how it started, you know, the gaming systems and everything, that here, this game that's designed and geared towards women, as insulting as that is, this is what this man tried, it's like it was a game explosion. I mean, Pac-Man, not quite to the level of Star Wars, but I mean, Samantha and I certainly probably uh, used to kind of shake our booty to uh, Pac-Man Fever. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember when that was big. You know, I mean, this was it was a huge takeover of the culture for a while. Just, I mean, I just, it goes back to the idea, perhaps, that the, violent, the, the violence in games or the shooting in games or the protecting and the militaristic aspects of games, maybe you can have further appeal if you don't use them, you know? Hey, I don't know about you, but I didn't shake my booty to nothing. <laughs> uh-huh. I, and I'll add sure. more to it before I take it back. <laughs> it is a pretty bad song. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but that's all I wanted to talk about. That was it. Well, my other one, the one thing that I had noticed, of course, that I, I don't know why I'm so fascinated by it, but I was talking to you guys before, but it's the one that's called We Dare. And I guess it's so it's so striking because it's a we. We think of the we being, you know, sports and families playing all together and That's grandma right. can bowl, you know. And it's like this bonding thing and people play them on the holidays. And yet there's this game. Of course, it's not available in the United States because of the controversy. And it's rated PG because there's no sexual content on the screen. But if you can find the game trailer for this thing, it is completely worth looking at because it's like as if this game is designed for swingers. They have these two really attractive couples, and they have the controller. And you know, in the, in the trailer, they're dangling it between this guy and this girl. And they're both, whatever reason, like pecking at and licking the, the Wii controller, okay? Now, you all, we, we all know sitting here that you can bowl sitting on your bottom end and not get up and do any of the Wii activities. You know, I mean, you can be lazy and golf, you know, like not even moving. So the fact that these people are doing it is insane. And it, on the screen are two little avatars trying to eat an apple, you know, one on each side. And then the, the real delight here was when they put the controller down their back of their pants, and then they sat on the lap of the other person, and there was spanking involved. Now, the game on the screen was two people flying through hoops, almost like Harry Potter if you played that game, where you had to go through the hoops when you're doing the the what's it called squidditch or quidditch yeah quidditch and so and so this is what they have to do so there is absolutely no link between the game play or the game that's happening on the screen and the need to spank each other (laughs) and and they had they showed the girl spanking the other girl they show you know never the guy spanking the other guy of course but um it is it is insane to watch this trailer and then to see how benign the actual game is but it's only available in the UK, and I, I just thought this was such a fascinating controversy that was brewing because here's video games now not just being violent, but also being rather sexualized. And interactive sexualization. Yeah, yeah. That is very yeah. interesting. Teledildonics, indeed. In the Wii. It's not a good semester for me if I can get out all my papers without at least once mentioning teledildonics. That's kind of a staple. I think does that's stuff's illegal in that, Indiana. I was say, does everybody know what that is? I Google it. <laughs> Let me Google that for you. Let me Google that for you. <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to avoid the, the explicit tag. Oh. <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned we there. Oh no. Oh yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <sighs> yeah. Just a thing. That oh. is pretty funny. <laughs> 
So uh, the other thing, I guess, is our uh, was a news item, but not exactly a news item. It, it was more, it was more of Samantha's two minute rant um, on the blog <laughs> this week. That's right. <laughs> um, which was which was the post that I wrote. Um, it was like something like you you call that work or what the hell was I called that? Oops, heck. Call that research. You right? call that work you on call, research and video yeah, games. Yeah, on research and video games. Where you know it was kind of my two minute rant. Um, about people who who ask me really stupid questions about what my research actually is and is my and ask the big question of is my research actually research, um, and then I end up making some really snarky comment about nineteenth century teacup <laughs> patterns. Snarky and oh, true. So true. whatever. <laughs> so if you're really interested in that, definitely take a look at it. I mean, because it talks about you know what people actually value in research and. And and what what value there is in research, I think, is a bigger question, um, regardless of what people value, um, mm-hmm. and regardless of whether or not, you know, my research, my work is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is it is it devalued because it's fun? Absolutely not. I mean, I think that that's one of the things that I've always made one of my main goals as an academic was to make sure that I enjoyed my work. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's so much about certain parts of my work that I don't enjoy. Of course, not my teaching and my, <laughs> not my teaching and my research that I enjoy immensely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are other parts that I don't enjoy. So yeah, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it as fun as I possibly can. Um, and just because it's not fun doesn't make it more academic. I mean, just because it's miserable work doesn't mean it's better. But anyway, yeah, keep going. Absolutely. It just makes it miserable work. That's right. Like, you're the idiot who picked that. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, you can't blame me for that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, that was, uh, in a nutshell, my uh, my post for the week. Um and, and I'm sure there are many folks in the digital humanities or in a number of different areas, folks that are even in pop culture, I'm sure, get that same crap all the time. Um, you know, questions of, you know, whether or not their work is, is actually valid work, you yeah. know, because they're not. What is Lady Gaga and your new academic research here or what? Oh, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And the, the Buffy question gets asked all the time. That's what you see all the time. Um. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Buffy, but I can see the value in it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But, um, Sarah, that was your cat. I thought it was yes, a kid at first. Like, so, someone's baby's crying. <laughs> My mom, she, she jumped up on the couch and she started to attack me for no reason. So, that was I, thought, I thought it could be hidden. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, if it was my kid, you'd have known. She's, okay. she's not that quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking I went to Bowling Green State University, and uh, you know, it was, it's supposed to be like the oldest pop culture major or whatever program in the country. Like they started, or at least they start one of them. And same there, of course, it was validated because they really were proud of their program. But um, it's the same thing. I mean, uh, maybe it's not. Let me pose this: Is it the same thing as like um, genre fiction has to struggle with to be taught in literature classes? I mean, that I think is what you, some of this like sort of sniff sniff elitism is coming from is, right. well, this is all fine and good, but mm-hmm. we're not going to start teaching Danielle Steele either. You know, like, I think maybe they see it as like, well, you're, you know, analyzing Stephen King when maybe you should be looking at, you know, Ulysses and James Joyce. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. They, they don't see the richness of these narratives. They 
especially people that don't have any that have no experience with them. Um, I think they, I think you could almost make that same debate. You know, like should we study genre fiction? You know, I mean, does children literature is children's literature valid? I mean, where where oh, you absolutely. Put the, the line you know yeah no i know exactly what you mean it's just it's it's interesting that you know we after all these years we still have to we still have to face these questions yeah. right and and you know i'd be terribly horribly wrong to you know shoot back and say well really who really gives you know who really gives a damn about yet another feminist read of you know uh, James Joyce's <laughs> Ulysses, you know, <laughs> or Aristotle. They're still coming out with feminist reads of Aristotle oh, and Plato, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, so you know, because I mean, I want to value other people's work uh, as much as they don't value mine. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, we have our first uh, caller, Colin. Should we get him on the uh, line here? Yeah, we should definitely get him on the line because he wants to, he wants to talk about this. Actually, he does. He's he, he posted the the comment on uh on on Sam's post and and hasn't shut up about it for a week. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he's very excited. So I'll add him in here. He's like, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? You know, I know it is phone friend. Yeah, phone friend. Phone friend. <laughs> <laughs> Need special phone friend music. I know. Hey. Hey. How are you? Good. Welcome. Thanks. We were just talking about you. Oh, I like to be talked about. There we go. <laughs> Good evening, Jeremy. Hey, Dr. B. How are you? You're a brave soul. <laughs> At this was point in the just... night, we're liquored up and ready to go. That's right. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm, I, I'm, I got two mics going, one for live links, one for this. <laughs> <laughs> the Jack Daniels. Are you, are you, so you can talk out of two sides of your mouth. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got skills. And we just well, hope she doesn't get, that. hope she doesn't get those sides mixed up. Otherwise, it would make for an interesting <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, Jeremy, we were just talking about having our work valued or not valued by um, by other academics. Uh-huh. And you have some strong um, opinions on this and have been thinking about this a lot, I know, because we see each other a lot. Um, so why don't you take it away? Well, they're not, they're not strong. They are, like, currently frustrating. Sure. <laughs> so I, so I kind of have to tell you a little bit of a backstory. To, it'll be quick. Go ahead. Shoot. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. So since this, this idea has kind of come up, really, Dr. B, since your last post on Not Your Mama's Gamer, that's, I've been thinking about this. And I realize there's kind of a continuum for the people. Well, you, I just keep calling them teacup people, but by that I'm like the people that sort of <laughs> criticize this this notion of gaming as as work. Mm-hmm. And the continuum goes from like I don't want to even name his name, but the guy that wrote uh, what's that stupid book called, The Dumbest Generation or oh, something yeah. like that. Oh yeah. You know, like the dumbest generation, why you shouldn't trust anyone under 30. So that's like on one side of the continuum. Then I find out that on the other side of the continuum, I kind of am. And I can't even believe I'm part of this continuum, which is so I was I was telling another colleague of mine about a project that actually Alex and I are working on coming out fully digital. It's born digital. It's a wiki, even though it's on a peer reviewed site, I still kind of had to be. I guess the word is like overly enthusiastic to kind of sell the idea. Mm-hmm. I was sort of listening to myself do that. I was like, why the, why the, why the hell am I doing this? Yeah. 
So I kind of, that's like the sort of different sides of the continuum I was thinking about. And then what I kind of realized is, is am I just being defensive because humanities, digital or otherwise, like we've always sort of been about looking at twilight and how that compares to the war in Afghanistan, right? It's like we sort of can't, we, we don't ever feel like we're worth much in a sense. So when you start doing things like, oh, I'm actually going to write about Bejeweled. Mm-hmm. Right. Does that sort of call into question all this work that we do? Does that, does that make any sense? Like no, all of it a sudden, makes perfect sense. All of a sudden, the guy writing on Faulkner has to realize that he's writing on the thing that he loves too. But God damn it, don't tell me that. It's work. <laughs> right. And, and we name names around here. Uh, one, because we're an academic. <laughs> we're also a, we're a group of academics and we have to cite our sources. So you're talking about Mark Bauer. Mark Bauer. Mark Bauer yeah, that's right. I couldn't um, remember. Who uh, wrote The Dumbest Generation. And then he's got that, um, oh, what's, what is that other book? See, now just like totally, but aside from that, he's also the, he's also the, the chronicle, uh, the chronicle right. columnist who every year after, um, after the big conventions, especially C's, he, he picks up a C's program and cherry picks the, uh, and cherry picks the titles and, and talks about, you know, why, why the humanities are going to hell in a handbasket because of what we're doing, um, at the, at the four C's conference. Um, it's like, so, you know, really everybody's writing about Buffy and Twilight and, and, you know, right. so he's, he's, he's one cherry picking and two reading everything before the colon. Right. And not talking <laughs> about what the work we're actually doing, but taking the, and taking the fun part from before the colon and, and using it to, to make fun of what we do. Um, and he is definitely one of the teacup people, right? Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, maybe since we've all been around academia for a while, you know, the teacup people feel the pressure too, right? They're, they feel it from the other other uh, disciplines. They feel it even from probably administrator. You know, oh, you're really studying the use of bicycle, the bicycle wheel in, you know, 18th century French stuff. I mean, we all know it gets that obscure, you know, and they have to validate that constantly. So maybe that's just like a pecking order. And they're just like, because uh, they I have think... to validate themselves, they're going to pick on, they're going to peck on, you know, oh, well, you're not good enough to be among us. I mean, cause their teacup stuff is less relevant than what we're doing. Let's be honest. Well, I, I don't disagree with that, Sarah, but I have to say you're much nicer than I am because I really, <laughs> I don't think the teacup folks realize that they have, that their work has no value. Well, some um, of them and I that don't people think, so, yeah. think that their work has no value. I they think, think right. it's art. They think it's something higher. Right. They think that. Yeah. They think that theirs is 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 true art. It's high. It's high exactly. art. It's high, high art. culture. Um, yeah. And what we do is the work of the is the work of the. <laughs> it's the work of the lowly folks to say that the unwashed. That's right. The low class. Because no low class people ever went to Shakespeare. We're the untouchables. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, but you. But you're necessary, right? That's what I was kind of getting at. It's like in order to justify that as high art, they're going to need some low art. They're going to need right. something that's not worth studying. Right. Or, uh, and then you sort of expose that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in many ways, yeah, we are necessary. I don't think they recognize that, though. Um, no. I, I mean, in, in many ways, it's, it's not unusual for us to be necessary in a number of ways, and they don't recognize that without without us, they cease to exist. Um, because they don't have anything to serve as their foil. Well, I mean, besides that, like I said, like I said, in academia, if something is popular, it's scoffed at. You know, what I mean, if it's something that's popular, video games are popular, millions, billions of dollars, people, gender, you know, there's so much, and it's popular. 
But if you're going to do the James Joyce thing that we talked about before, Ulysses, for some reason that's supposed to be somehow higher than something Well, and I don't popular. think it's even an academics, like just the just academics. I think it's, it's academic people, like people who like these weird kinds of beer, but as soon as they get popular, they stop <laughs> drinking them, right? That's like, true. Yeah, oh, yeah, those yeah. People. Or like, oh, I discovered Bands. this amazing kind of cheese. And then like they start selling it at Payless and you're like, F that. I don't want this cheese anymore. And, and, and musical so, bands. I've seen people do that. Oh, for sure. Music yeah. is one of the it, worst. Oh, yeah. Does it happen with video games? Or does that happen where like a game's kind of underlying and not many people know about it, but then it's on Facebook and no one will play it? I think it does in some circles. It doesn't happen here because we're most interested in those games. Yeah, I know you are, but I'm wondering. I, I don't know people that like would say that like a game got too popular for me to play. Yeah, I don't know if it's that necessarily that the games get too popular, but I think there are genres of games that that are un, that are undervalued because because they're popular. Casual right? games. Casual games yeah. in general are that kind of game, right? It is the Facebook games. It's the Bejeweled. It's the Tetrises. I mean, everybody plays them. But, you know, mm-hmm. if those are the games you're playing, you're not a gamer, right? Yeah, right. Because those know, are casual games. Solitaire might be hard to write an article about, so I guess I can understand that. But, <laughs> you know, I mean... Oh, no, but Alex, you can write fan fiction. I read it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I can understand from an academic standpoint where, where some of the casual games would be difficult, but the casual games are so complex now. I mean... It's really, I think, poor video game scholarship if you're going to ignore that type of stuff. I mean, Christ, Ian Bogos made Cow Clicker, right? And it doesn't get, he, he's one of the top video game scholars, you know, mo- at least most recognized. Um, and, and, you know, his thing is Cow Clicker, so. That's, that's kind of my second question I wanted to ask is then does it matter who's playing him? If Bogos is playing it, does that make it cool? Does that make it scholarship? That's a good question. You know, is Cow Clicker cool because Bogos made it? I mean, Cow Clicker, yes, it's cool because Bogos made it. But then at the same time, I think there are a lot of people playing Cow Clicker that have no idea that the game was made, ironically. That's right. You know, because, uh, you know, yeah, Ian made the game and it's, you know, it's cool and it's fun and it's funny, right? Ironically, Mm -hmm. you're not, not fun for the sake of playing. But I'm not buying a cow. I'm not buying the special red speckled cow, um, even, you know, even if I were to. Not that I would ever say I would pay any kind of money for a Facebook game. And you can't prove otherwise. <laughs> you can't prove otherwise. I'm not buying a cow because it doesn't do anything. Um, yeah. Even though I would love to support Ian in whatever way I can, but I'll continue to buy his books. How's that? Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, because, like I said, I think it's interesting that, that folks that don't know the game is ironic still play it. Oh. Because they see and, other folks playing it. And I wonder if there's such a culture, too, of, like, recommending games um, that it does have some influence. Like, Sam, if you said, oh, you've got to play this game, I'd be much more likely to play it, I think, than maybe, I, I don't know, if, like, one of my students said it was cool. You know what I mean? Because you kind of know, you're in the know. Yeah. So you say, <laughs> well, I don't know. I think, but I think that that's one of the, that's one of the purposes of, if you think about how Facebook games operate, right? Once you, you know, you achieve a certain level or complete a set of quests, it gives you that option of, of publicizing this on your Facebook page. That's right. That's right. Well, and people stop at that though. I know a lot of people who are, oh, you know, 
my mom's on Facebook and all she does is play Farmville. They sure do, yeah. you know, and they they do act like it's not cool if the middle aged mom is playing it, you know, and with soccer moms and all that. So, so when, I, I guess there is kind of that, you know. When did uh when did uh Tomb Raider like become scholarship? Like when did that cross the line? Because that's one of the first ones I can think of. Oh good lord! Um, probably in the. I'm trying to think when I saw the first Tomb Raider scholarship. That's a good question. Probably in the late 90s. Yeah, it came out, what, 97? I think 99, maybe? So so was it worth interrogating scholarly until someone wrote something about it? I don't, I don't know how it made that jump. I'll have to look. Well, I mean, this goes to some of the deeper part of the games. Is what, where's the limits of scholarship? I mean, I've been to a pop culture conference, the one that's the national one, and, and it's awfully hilarious and fun. But they actually will have presentations on lawn chairs. Um, you will actually see tons of scholarship on graffiti in bathroom, bathroom graffiti. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, where is the limit of what's too lowbrow and what's not? I mean, if you can write something with analysis that informs people about themselves, isn't that valid? Yeah, that's a good question. That is good. Look, see, now you got me wondering about the, I'm, I know you hear my chair rolling, uh-huh. um, about the Tomb Raider. Hold on. It'd be the same way with Buffy, I suppose, and... Um, I know in my pop culture class at the main campus at Purdue, if I can say Dino Faluga, we we did uh, Buffy and we also did um, X-Files. Oh, sure. Okay, I have in my hot little hands one of the first um, (laughs) books of scholarship on, on, uh, on Tomb Raider that I can remember ever seeing. And this was published in 2005. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's later than I would have thought. Yeah, the but Mark Santos is, and I predated that with the I was going to say, but this is a book on Laura Croft and not specifically just on Tomb Raider. So it was pre, um, it was 2005 or before. And I would say probably, it, it was probably early, early 2000-ish. When was Jenkins' uh, Mortal Kombat book? You're going to make me start pulling books off my shelf. I know. I'm sorry. Mortal Kombat. I'm trying to Google it, but Ben, be quiet at the same time. So you say that there's a time, there's like an expiration date on when it's not cool, that once it passes, it becomes old, quote unquote, then it's I okay. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I've never really thought about it. But the one that when, it gets, when it gets yeah. old, it's all of a sudden, it, that's when you can start to study it. Maybe. Maybe it's proven itself as a Although that's not artifact. Possible. It kind of yeah, passes, passes out of the pure pop. I mean, we'll look at, like, you're, you're studying, what, what sitcoms did you say you were doing? A, oh, X-Files. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not, say, Lost. Right. Yeah. Although people probably will, there probably will be Lost studies. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of academic reads on Lost. <laughs> uh, it looks like Jenkins, the Jenkins book is 98. So I feel like that sort of started the conversation rolling because he was studying Mortal Kombat, and Mortal Kombat was still the thing, right? Ninety-eight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that game. It was great. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> gotcha. Fatality. <laughs> I went through a period that I was so good at Mortal Kombat that nobody would play me because I kept getting like perfect kills on them, so nobody wanted. To, and then, of course, I, you know me, I would rub it in. Um, uh-huh. To this. To this day, that's why Lisa, my partner, won't play games with me. Because of Mortal Kombat? Yes. Wow. You should, you, should, you should play a game like you can't use your legs. 
<laughs> yeah. Or like special powers or something. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, man. That would be so boring. Have you not have you not met me? I'm a little bit on the competitive side. <laughs> just a tad, just a wee bit. <clears throat> well, all right. You probably got to go to bed here, Jeremy. You guys are keeping me up late. I know. But thanks for coming on. But we're that fun. Was fun. I, and, and I got some. I got some more to think about. Yeah. Good. That's what Thank we're here you. for. Yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. Night. Night, Jim boy. <laughs> I just hung up on him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's fun. Our first listener call in. That was a lot that of fun. Was, yeah. We have been talking for almost an hour, and we haven't even gotten to our main issue. That is very true. Um, we haven't gotten to our main issue. Um, and here's a huge question because our guest, our guest speaker, co-host for the night, who's going to talk to us, talk with us about intersectionality, is not with us tonight. Since we have been talking for an hour. One of the things that we could do um, is we can finish up the rest of our things on our list um, and and wait and wait until um, next time to talk about intersectionality when Emily actually is able to join us. That sounds good because I know she has some really interesting stuff to say. We've yeah. been sort of exchanging stuff back and forth, and she's got a lot. She's got some cool stuff. I think we should wait for them. Well, let's do it. That was totally unintentional. I feel um, like Charlie's angel sometimes. <laughs> Alex, you can be Farrah. I don't know who that is because I haven't seen it, but thank you. Charlie's <laughs> Angels? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? When, when was, what year was it? Oh, you geez. have a gaping hole in your cultural literacy, and I demand <laughs> that you... Sam! <laughs> I was born in 1985, all right? Okay, she's got, it, you know, come on. But you know Farrah Fawcett, don't tell me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she was the, the ball. That's where she got really her big start. Anyway. Oh, my God. We're going to have to fix that. Um... My friends showed me Star Wars last year for the first time, so. Oh, that hurts my heart. I know. I'm I, I'm a horrible nerd. I have Star horrible. Wars pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Do you really? So, well, so next week we're going to we're going to talk about intersectionality in games or next time, right? Um, yeah. and, and in a nutshell, folks, for the folks who, and we, we apologize if you tuned in just for that. But, of course, you wanted to hear us, period, which is why you really, really tuned in. <laughs> um, but we're going to talk about the intersections between, um, say, gender and race, uh, gender and sexuality, race and sexuality, or sexual orientation, any of the two kind of identity, any two kind of identity markers that intersect um, and, and looking at how these things play out in video games. And, and there's some really interesting stuff out there. And there are, or several of us have been doing some interesting work in the area. Um, so like I said, I would absolutely, I would absolutely love to have Emily come in and join us because she's, she's been doing some interesting work with native Americans in video games. Um, so, and, and I would definitely hate for us to miss out on that. She was, she uh, was ill today, so she couldn't join us. So, well, not only ill. Can we explain how <laughs> this is like, like it's kind of weak to call in sick to a podcast, right? But here is what Emily is going through right now. She had a horrible abscess tooth, and she went to some crazy dentist in Oklahoma. And instead of like doing a root canal, they just put a cap over it. So, like, well, the tooth is dead anyway, so it doesn't oh. matter. So of course now she she it's been hurting like gradually more and more every day. And now she's just yeah. sick. She's got a fever. It's yeah. abscessed. Oh, it's terrible. So she's 
she's been, I believe, spending the day at the dentist. So that's a pretty good reason to call in sick to yeah. podcast. She's excused. Yeah, she's yeah, she's way excused. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll accept that one. She's yeah, way excused. It's just the worst. Oh, jeez. Should we do buys of the week still? I'm I definitely think we should do buys of the week. Are you kidding me? Did you see the Steam deal I put up there? I did see the Steam deal. So we've got buys of the week, which are, are um, once again, our deals for broke-ass gamers. Broke-ass gamers. Yeah. Um, like me. Woohoo! You're only broke because I keep making you buy stuff, but... I know. <laughs> get, I gotta get over that. Um, so... <laughs> I found some interesting stuff. If you need um, Xbox 360 accessories, they seem to be on sale everywhere this week for anywhere from 20 to 40% off at like Amazon and Best Buy. So if you need new controllers, I've really been eyeing that new silver controller with the D-pad that rotates. Uh, I think that that is going to be like pure love. I may need to go out and buy one of those while they're on sale sometime this week. I still like my pink controller, but whatever. Oh, no. Alex, you have a pink controller? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, no. I think, I you, think you say that out loud. Oh, no hate. No hate. All right. Oh I like that controller. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, stop it. Intervention, Samantha. I'm I know. About. Clearly. <laughs> Would it help if I told you I, like, drew skulls and fr- flames? Oh, that up? does. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. Well, I didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I will if you guys are ever going to come over to my house so you don't see <laughs> oh crap so um another deal that i found this week is that best buy has buy to get one free um of their ps3 greatest hits and psp games um and psp is like they're like trying to get rid of all that stuff in stock getting ready for the the ngp the next generation portable right um the price on the psp is dropped in prep for the ngp by like 40 bucks um Mm. Which is pretty interesting because uh, I can't find my PSP. I'm gonna gonna be searching high and low for it over the next couple of weeks, and if I can't find one, I'm gonna have to buy one, buy another one before they disappear and while they're still on sale. Because you have every game system ever made. I do not every one, but I have quite a few, um, and I buy things okay. just so that I can. I know it's horrible. It's some kind of weird obsession that I that I have them just so that I can say I have them. Um, at some point, I will run out of room. Luckily, I have a really big game room. Um, GameStop had a had a pretty interesting uh, deal. If you buy StarCraft Two, you get Wild Vanilla free. Um, and oh, we found fifty um, percent off Dragon Age Origins until March seventh, but it's only the PC copy. Um, and I really Ooh. want. I never played Dragon. I never played the. I never played Dragon Age, and Dragon Age Two is about to come out. Um, so I'm looking for a cheap copy of Dragon Age. Hmm. That's what I found. And you I found, found Steam deals. the Steam deals, which I am so excited about. Eighty-one um, percent off the Ubisoft uh, hit collection: Assassin's Creed, Far Cry Two, Ooh. Rainbow Six Vegas Two, and Qu- Call of Juarez, which is supposed to be one of one of the most offensive games that has come out recently. So I have heard that as well. Oh yeah. yeah. They had the, the spicy burrito combo in the Call of War. Oh, oh, no. Um so that whole collection is twelve ninety nine right now, which is a fantastic wow. deal. So there's some good games to uh to to fill your weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean and I think I think Steam like does that on purpose is they give you like the whole the whole collection of something for the weekend for like, it's like, here's a collection of 47 games for five bucks. Suck your weekend dry. 
That's right. How can you say no to that, really? You can't. <laughs> but what I really want to play, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there, and, and I'm trying not to play. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for Alex to 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 tell me how it is. Is I want to play Rift something bad. You don't know how much that burning desire is within my heart as well. So, oh. In fact, I'm going to be either buying or trying to renovate my my laptop PC so that I can play it. And I have not, I have bought computers before just for a specific game. <laughs> I bought a whole new tower when a war hammer came out, which <laughs> was a bad choice. Cause it wasn't a very good game, but, well, um, yeah. so I'm very excited for rift. Someone oh. recommended that I should play saboteur. Do you know this one? I don't mm. know saboteur. Me neither. I guess it's something to do with you are Irish but it's during World War II, and you are sneaking around in the in France. I don't know, because I explained that I didn't like having to kill things every five minutes. And somebody said, well, saboteur, maybe you may want to give it a shot because it's a neat story, you know? Hmm. Gameplay week. Oh. There you go. You should also, well, if you don't, if you, and that's right, you said you were tired of killing things. You should definitely yeah. pick up Beyond Good and Evil HD on Xbox Live Arcade. Okay. Because, you know. You don't have to kill things. You take pictures of them. And you play a female protagonist who is also a minority. Mm. Interestingly enough. I know where your weekend's going to be, Sam. <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> it is my spring break next week. Maybe I should, I should sit down this game. Oh, yes. And Buy some mountain, just go. Yeah. I got to sneak my game in where I can because because uh, um, I won't be able to game much during spring break, unfortunately. Oh. Mm. Sadness. I know. Sadness. Sadness. Whatever family, I guess, is more important. Yeah, geez, <laughs> family. You know. Sometimes, folks. Sometimes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you, um, ladies, for joining uh, for joining me tonight. And uh, I'm really looking forward to you know. Emily joining us next time and talking about intersectionality. I don't know where the night, I don't know where the last hour or so went, but it's been... Uh, if it was as fun to listen to as it was to talk, then you guys <laughs> it's are been a party, I know. It has been oh, yeah. Awesome. We're going to have to make a picture of margaritas next time. <laughs> and also, if, if listeners, if you have questions or issues that we talk about on the blog or the podcast that you want to call in and and be, be the next Jeremy, you uh, are more than welcome to do that. Yeah, That's just right. yeah, shoot us an email. Just let us know. Yeah, shoot us an email if you want to call in or if you want to record, um, if you want to record your question and we'll play it and, and uh, talk and talk about it. Or if you just want to send us an email question, um, nymgamer at gmail.com is our email address. Um, we, we welcome questions and comments. Um, it's, it's a ton of fun to, to spark some conversation, folks. Sure is. So uh, until next time, thanks for joining us. Have a great have a great two weeks. Good night. Good night. Good <laughs>
tell you 